0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live
2: right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. You're listening to, well, if you're here in the Denver area, in the Colorado area, I should say, up and down the Front Range, you're listening to Grace FM. What are we up here? 89.7 in the metro area, all the way up through uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Hey, guys, shout out to Wyoming. And down in Colorado Springs, 101.7. Uh, yes, the signal's a little bit lighter there, but grab an app. You know, grab the Grace FM app. You can listen to it much stronger through your phone till we get some upgrade down there. Uh, and then, of course, you guys are listening on Truth FM in Tennessee, North Carolina, Kentucky. You're also listening on Hope FM. All my friends... Uh, in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. Welcome, welcome, welcome. The number to dial is 303-690-3000. That number works anywhere, and you can get online. Remember, you're listening live on Grace FM, so you'll come right on the air with us. If you're listening on one of the other stations, you get this in one week delay. What that means is you can call, and anytime the show is on, call. We are live. We will take your... Call live, but you won't hear it on the radio for another week. So you get to tune in next week and hear it. So anytime the show is on, unless it's a holiday, and you know you hear that there is a uh, encore presentation, we're live, uh, and this is called Calvary Live, where we take your calls and questions, we pray together, uh, we seek God together, and uh, it's good to be back. Um, I, I was away for a little while. Uh, I was out in uh, St. Joseph, Missouri, in Kansas City, Missouri, serving uh, the Calvary Chapel Association Midwest Region. Uh, What an honor to be invited uh, to teach and to lead and to encourage. And so the Calvary Chapel Association Midwest Region invited me, and uh, what a blessing that is. And so we spent a couple days uh, with uh, so many wonderful pastors and leaders uh, throughout the Midwest. And then I taught, I made a new friend and taught at Grace Evangelical Church in St. Joseph, Missouri. So what they say, they say it, Missouri. So good to be back. I was back with our church family last night, teaching in Second Kings. I just felt like there was an anointing uh, on the Bible study last night, like the Lord really had some encouraging words for us and some exhortations. And And so download the free Calvary app. You know, we post, we don't have to send away for tapes anymore, be a tape lending library, like everything gets posted MP3. Uh, So that's all available for free on our website, calvaryaurora.org, and and, uh, also the app, which is right on your phone or your tablet. Uh, And get the study from last night. I think you'll be encouraged. I think you'll be strengthened. I think you'll be built up in the Lord. Uh, I think that as you're studying through, some of you listening, you're like, why would you study the Old Testament? My question to you is, is why wouldn't you study the Old Testament, and why aren't you? It is so rich and powerful, and it's amazing. Uh, And so our study, it it is, uh, so let's, you know, let's talk about that for a second, because it can be a little dry as you're reading through it. It can be a little hard to understand. It can be uh, reading the Hebrew names of people a little different, but the Holy Spirit inspired it, and the Holy Spirit illuminates it, and the Holy Spirit will give you understanding and application for what you need to know when you read the Scriptures. It will not return empty to you. So I hope you're in a church that studies through the whole Bible, not just little pieces and, you know, well, we yeah, we study the Old Testament. Really? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the pastor did a series on, like, uh, you know, something happened in the Old Testament, but rather go through the Bible. Listen, I don't know what's happened in the church today, but most churches have abandoned studying through the Bible. Even one uh, man in particular, very famous uh, evangelical teacher uh, Andy Stanley, who is Charles Stanley's son. Uh, even Andy Stanley recently went out on in uh, public. I don't know if he's wanting if he believes this for real. Or he just wanted some attention, uh, but he said, nah, you don't need to study the Old Testament. Seriously? Um, you'll never understand the New Covenant unless you understand the Old Covenant. I mean, I was just looking, I'm I'm teaching um, through the book of, um, how, why do I forget, Hebrews on our weekend services, and I was looking ahead uh, today. It's my study day today. And... I was looking ahead to, we've used this phrase priest and high priest many times. And so I felt burdened just to explain it. We've got to go back. And where do we go back to understand the role of the high priest? You Bible students, where do we go? You're right. We go to Leviticus. And so we're going to do a Sunday morning study in Leviticus. Of course we are. The Bible is powerful. And I have a responsibility to not only deliver the whole counsel of God, but also to make it interesting. And so that's a challenge. And make it interesting in such a way where you don't leave because I'm a good joke teller and you don't leave because I'm such a a good explainer, which I'm neither, or any of the other things that you could say, but you leave falling in love with Jesus more, where you don't follow a man. I know some guys uh, that love to draw people after themselves and it's how good they are. and, And it's not, it's not how good we are. It's a sin to put a pastor on a pedestal and to elevate him or his teachings or his interpretations over and above the scripture. It's it's not right for us to do that. And so we need not to do that. We need to realize that God uses us and we're normal. And so we're going to be looking at uh, Leviticus in a few weeks and studying through Hebrews, understand the Old Testament, understand the Old Covenant because you never understand that you you wouldn't understand what it means for Jesus to be a propitiation if you didn't understand the mercy seat on the ark of the covenant in the holy of holies that the high priest visited once a year on the day of atonement you got to know that that's the very foundation of the lamb of god sacrificed to take away the sins of the world by grace not by works amazing all right well we've got um, we've got lines filled up already which is always good uh, let's move on to line number one. Is Lynn in Fort Collins, Colorado? Lynn, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Um, yeah.
3: I started. I started um, a prayer group recently, and um, I just really felt like the Lord was telling me to do it. Um, for now, it's just friends and family, but it seems to be growing. At least with people calling in and needing. Uh, prayers for very serious things happening in their life, all different okay. kinds of things, and I know that that God is calling me to pray deeper. And I was wondering if you might just spend a few minutes talking about spiritual warfare.
2: Okay, I can do that. But tell me what you mean by praying deeper. Like, what
3: what does that mean to you? Well, um, that's a good question. I guess going beyond what you know, if somebody is having marriage problems, going, going further than, um, you know, my husband is doing this, blah, 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 rather than it's not flesh and blood that we're fighting against, but a spirit that we might be fighting against. Does that make sense? Well, I don't know if I'm it does. stating this I, exactly right, but...
2: Uh, you know, it does make sense. I think what, what happens is we we tend to make... Uh, we tend to make prayer or other different uh, disciplines of walking with Jesus more than it really is, and, okay. and I believe that as you as you are calling upon the power of God and you are calling upon the power of God to release a person, to deliver a person, to heal a person, that
3: mm-hmm.
2: I'm I I'm not in your prayer meetings, but I'm confident that you're praying just fine, and you're praying deep prayers because you're advocating on behalf of of you're advocating on behalf of someone's need and right and i know sometimes prayer is is portrayed as dramatic and and there's some some drama associated with it and and the the reality of resistance but it's i'm i'm gonna suggest to you that the power of your prayers uh is is really where it needs to be i'm i'm gonna suggest to you that you are are in a good place praying um and you're right. We have examples. So when you think of spirit, so with that in mind, we, when you think of spiritual warfare, when it comes to pray, you know, think of some of the some of the different types of distractions that come. I think the greatest distraction in our prayer lives actually isn't the demonic realm or the spiritual realm. It's actually our flesh. Uh, we get tired. Uh, we get distracted. Our mind wanders. We we sometimes come faithless. I mean, you think of the things that that happen in our own humanity, uh, where you know, a good reminder of deep, abiding prayer is to deny ourselves and take up our cross, so we could follow Him. Mm-hmm. And, and so, warfare from the demonic realm. You know, there there is an example in the scriptures of of resistance to an answer of prayer coming uh, in Daniel, in the book of Daniel. But it's not a norm. It was a it was more of an exceptional event, um, but. I think, you know, when you think of spiritual warfare, you think of putting on the armor. God has given us the armor, and actually one of the pieces of the armor is prayer. So when you are praying, you are engaging in spiritual warfare offensively uh, and Mm -hmm. making progress in the kingdom of God and and taking the kingdom by force.
4: Okay.
3: All right. Sounds good.
2: Does that speak to some of what you were thinking?
3: I I think so. I I guess just... My thought process was that it just seems like the closer to the end times, maybe I guess we say that loosely, but the closer that that gets, the the tougher life seems to be getting for people. I mean, yeah. it, it just seems like in in my little circle, um, so many people are going through so many severe things. You know. Yes. I, I don't even want to go into too many details, but you know just just really problem areas in in life that could break up marriages, could break up families could and i just I just guess I was wondering if there wasn't some spiritual warfare fighting that I could be doing you know in the background for for my friends and family.
2: Well, I mean, I I think that I I think that the, that you are doing everything that you can be doing. I know that there are people that have written books on all power prayer and different types of prayer, and and you can mm-hmm. certainly glean if there's any any value in those. But I, I really believe just not only listening to you, just kind of sensing the kind of spirit that you have. My my spirit bearing witness with your spirit of compassion and empathy in people's lives, and standing mm-hmm. in the gap, and urgently really praying. I mean, seriously, sister, you're like. Right on the cutting edge. I wish there were a million of you that were standing in the gap because you're like on the cutting edge of prayer, and 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 as you're led by the Holy Spirit, he may he may um, he may lead you into some different type of prayer, or he might lead you into praying and calling, or praying and visiting, or pr- you know. There's but the spiritual battle. You know, the biggest thing that you could do to gain victory in prayer in the spiritual battle is to resist the devil because he will flee from you.
3: Okay, very good.
2: All right, do you want to pray doing. right now?
3: <laughs> yes, please.
2: Go. Cool. Okay, why don't you pray? I want to hear you. I'd like to join you in prayer.
3: Okay, absolutely. All right, go for it. Lord Jesus, I want to first of all thank you. Thank you for giving me a heart for my friends and family. Mm. And I thank you, Lord God, for giving me the power that raised you from the dead that raised your son from the dead. And and in that power Lord God, we can come boldly before your throne and pray in Jesus name and lives will be changed. Thank you Lord God for what you're already doing. I know that that you have each and every one of my friends and family in the palm of your hand. And Lord God, I pray for for each of these situations that Lord God you you alone will be the victor in all of these situations. Mm, yes. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
2: And and Lord, I pray for my sister as she's engaged in the battle, like right in the middle of the battle, like on the front lines and 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 the, the types of things that she's gonna face personally, the, the attacks, the doubts, the uncertainties, the difficulties, uh, you, you know, things that, that we don't even know yet of what she's gonna face. But we know that as we as we abide in you, that you are our strength and you are our help and you are our empowerment. And I, I was even thinking um, in Romans how it says that sometimes we don't even know what we should pray. We don't even have any mm-hmm. idea. But then the Spirit of God inside of us uh, uh, groans and with utterances that can't be spoken. And so I just pray mm-hmm. um, that as my sister, she relies upon you in her life, and she abides in you moment by moment, that you would empower her prayer life and encourage her and protect her from any condemnation or any kind of self-doubt that she's not doing enough, uh, that you would just multiply her life as she daily lives out a conversation with you in her prayer life. In Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate for it. calling.
2: All right, bye-bye. 303 is the number. Give us a call, you guys on the East Coast, you guys in Tennessee, North Carolina, Kentucky. Call us. We would certainly love to hear from you. Ryan is in Westminster. Ryan, welcome to the program.
0: Hi, Pastor Ed. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. So I had a question for you today regarding expository teaching versus topical. Okay. Yes, I had heard a... Um, a program on the radio uh, taught by you just a couple weeks ago kind of speaking into that, and yes. that's been heavy on my heart recently. I wanted to ask if there was specific verses or principles or, or examples that we can look at in the Bible to support expository teaching versus topically?
2: Yeah, you know, the, the, the number one place that, that, I, that I think uh, really explains expository preaching is in Nehemiah. Uh, because okay. in Nehemiah I want to say it 's in nehemiah eight uh it talks about okay. how how they presented the Word of God even back then um, they read it they read it they gave the sense of it and they read it they read the bible they gave the sense of it uh let me just find it here um, thank you nehemiah eight eight it says okay. so they read distinctly from the book in the law of God they gave the sense. And help them to understand the reading, uh, and to me, that's one of the best illustrations of uh, what we call today expository teaching. But really, is simply reading the text, uh, giving the explanation of the text, and helping them to apply the text. That's basically what expository teaching is. And and when you when you survey, you know, the cradle of Christianity, of course, is Judaism. Uh, and mm-hmm. it is the, the religion of the Israelis, uh, They every week in the synagogue, they would come together and they would do exactly this. They would read, give the sense, and help to understand. And they would do that throughout the entirety of the scrolls, not just the Torah. Uh, and, because you'll remember, in Luke chapter 4, uh, when Jesus comes into Nazareth, into his hometown, um, mm-hmm. oops, not Luke 4, it's... Um, uh-oh, why is that on my head? Um, when did he come? He came back in. Um, he comes into his own city. Where is it? So anyway, he comes in, and where is he, he does the daily reading. And where was the daily reading? The daily reading was in Isaiah. And mm-hmm. so it indicates that they're going through and reading through the not only the law, but also the prophets. And okay. when you fast forward into the New Testament... There is also something that's said by Paul the Apostle. And when he's standing there with the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20, um, he speaks of uh, not neglecting to give them the whole counsel of God. Now, I don't think that that's specifically um, an admonition from Paul that he's saying, uh, I went through the Bible verse by verse with you guys. I don't think that's what he's saying. But what I do think he's saying is, and what I do think he's calling attention to them is that he gave them everything that they needed uh, in the time that was allotted to him, and you know he mm. was daily teaching there, giving to them. Um, he says, "I haven't shunned." You know, that's a key word. I haven't shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God, and putting mm. those three things together, we then come to conclusions, and and so when you take let's just say the methodology of teaching through the Bible verse by verse compared mm-hmm. to the methodology of, of topical teaching, which one seems to fulfill the pattern that's been laid out for us in the Scriptures? Mm-hmm. Because one of the, one of the comebacks and, um, or one of the responses is, well, look at Jesus. He was a storyteller. Well, he was what's recorded for us, certainly was a storyteller, uh, and I would say that that's a, any good pastor teacher would make sure he's using good illustrations uh, and good mm-hmm. relevant uh, cultural illustrations to enliven the text, like good windows. As Skip Heitzig says, you know, an illustration mm-hmm. is a good window that you can see into the text. Um, but but the Bible says that there's a lot of other things that Jesus said and did that there weren't enough books on the planet to cover, and so we don't have a lot of his three-year ministry recorded for us. Uh, as you know throughout the book of Matthew, you see Jesus certainly was well versed in the scriptures because when he 's teaching he 's teaching from the Old Testament all over the Old Testament, not just one little segment uh, whereas uh, the typical the typical methodology of the topical study today, specifically in Western culture but it 's not exclusive to us, is you know a bag of five or six topics money family um, how to live a good life, um, how to fix your car. That was an exaggeration. <laughs> um, but you know, they, that, that's pretty much what you're going through five, six weeks of different topics, touching on different things. And it would be really hard for me to be able to say that I haven't shunned to give you the whole counsel of God. Cause I've basically given you my 10 topics that I repeat every two years.
0: Yeah, that's been heavy on my heart just because it seems like uh in today's church um throughout the world especially in our culture it's just uh um more difficult to find churches that teach expositorially and I know the Calvary, you know, movement has always done that and continues to. Um but I have a lot of family and friends that uh are in churches that seem to only teach topically and uh it is a bit of, of a concern at times. So um, yeah, I I And, and it is uh, hard to find
2: I'll, I'll tell yeah, you, yeah. Uh, pastor. Pastors are listening in right now, and I'll tell you, this is th- these are some of the reasons why pastors choose not to teach expositorily. And one of them is is that um, you have to be super creative when you're teaching through the Old Testament um, mm. because it is we we are removed. You know, for for one thing, we're removed two thousand years from the New Testament, but we're removed many thousand four to six thousand years from the old testament Mm -hmm. i mean that's a long Mm -hmm. time i mean if we used to i was thinking if you listen to some of the studies i taught in the i personally taught when i first moved here you know the illustrations are are irrelevant today um because things have changed and Mm -hmm. and so it's hard to teach through the old testament Two, most most pastors are just worried too much about what people are going to say and what they're going to think and and what they're mm-hmm. you know what if their church is going to grow or not and mm-hmm. and they choose pragmatic ways i mean let's just say positively i'm thankful they're teaching through the bible topically so and i do know yeah. that any scripture that's shared is going to be powerful and 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 many of these topical teachers even in our own city do a a fascinating job they're they're not bad teachers they're good teachers they're they're engaging mm-hmm. Their personalities mm-hmm. are are large and, and attractive to to bro- point people to Jesus, so it's not even that it's just the way that they've mm-hmm. been trained the the mega church model, whether it came from Willow Creek or it came from uh the Saddleback um that model mm-hmm. is the prevalent model today, and mm-hmm. that's what most people are doing they, you know there <clears throat> there's even churches that when you show up they aren't even going through the Bible they're going through a book. Because they mm. learned it at a seminar. And, mm. and so mm. the appetite, so the third thing is, the appetite among believers is not for the Word of God. Uh, mm. It's for this cotton candy kind of stuff, because here's the thing. What you're fed is usually what you develop an appetite for, right? Is there some weird mm-hmm. food you grew up with that you like right now?
0: Oh, yeah, you know, certain desserts and stuff like that. So yeah. Okay,
2: so that, name one. Name name true. one to see if I like it.
0: Well, my wife is Hungarian, so there's a, a okay. few weird things that uh, yeah, that I now like. <laughs>
2: so, okay, so I'm I I, yeah. don't, I don't know much of Hungarian dishes, so I'm gonna guess that I probably unless it has sugar in it, I'm probably not gonna like it. And right? <laughs> the reason why you like it is because you've tasted it, you have been served it for a long time, and you've developed mm-hmm. a taste for it that mm-hmm. you could serve to three people and only one person has the taste for it. And so, mm-hmm. in our culture, the taste is just real quick sound bites, and it's even worse now with social media—just quick quotes, quick Twitter feed, mm-hmm. quick thing, quick, quick, quick. Um, get me out, get me in and out of church. I remember when a guy came to Castle Rock and planted a church. He may still be here, but I got one of his flyers in the mail, and he—he he was like, you know, we our messages are thirteen minutes or something. That was the name of his church, Thirteen mm-hmm. Minute Church, or something like that. I forget. I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mm-hmm. can't even get through my introduction when thirteen minutes like you you <laughs> right. gotta you you gotta thirteen minutes why are you even advertising that why and and I have to say you know again um i i I just grateful i don't I don't have to answer to the Lord for them I'm just gonna have to answer for myself and mm-hmm. I'm grateful I was saved in a church that taught me the Bible because now I know it's the Bible that changed my life, I know it was a method it wasn't a program, mm-hmm. and I see it happen mm-hmm. over and over again, and just for one last thought before we head off to the break and mm-hmm. your response is um grace f m exists today as it does, just very simple, basic Bible study all day long twenty four hours a day, almost six days a week because part partly because we believe that by putting it on the air it will create an appetite for expository mm-hmm. teaching and the bible it will create an appetite." where people are hungry for God's Word. They just need to hear it. They need to hear it regularly. They need to receive mm-hmm. it. They need to, and that's why, you know, if you're listening to the radio, you say, man, I really like pastor so-and-so teaching, but I'm not really connected to pastor such-and-such, and and that's okay, because the even the delivery, the Bible says that you'll hear, you know, you'll the shepherd hear, the sheep hear the shepherd's voice, and mm-hmm. you'll be attached to one particular delivery, but it but the appetite, now almost eight years, uh, I think that part of that goal has been accomplished because there is a hunger in our city for more and more for the Word of God. And I just hope... Yeah, and I can speak in can my strategic. own life
0: that that's been uh, the case. You know, since listening, um, you know, starting several years ago of listening to you guys on Grace FM, it's, that's been a case it has been a tremendous blessing in my own life um, and it has made me um, more hungry for the Word of God. You know, and personal devotion and... Um, just during work and being able to listen to you, so um, I can speak firsthand that that's that is the case. That uh, that goal and and that uh, what it's achieved has actually been achieved in my life.
2: Oh, so man, thank you for that. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Is. Well, thanks right, for thank um, you. thanks for calling. But we're coming up on the break. Okay. Well, thank
0: you for taking my call and have a blessed day. Okay, Ryan. God bless you, man. Bye. Bye. Three
2: zero three six nine zero three thousand. And yes, the first half of the program has um, quickly uh, passed us by, and so we are um, excited for the second half. Christina, you'll be first, and and we have open lines, so give me a call, especially you guys on the East Coast. Give us a call, 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, My name is Ed Taylor, and I'm the pastor at Calvary Chapel in Aurora, which is where Grace FM is broadcast from. It is a ministry outreach. It is a ministry of our church uh, that reaches over 80% of the population in Colorado. Not that 80% listens, although that would be awesome, but the signal that we have covers a large part of the population, and we're very grateful for that. So pray for us. If you uh, believe that the Lord is leading you to support Grace FM FM financially, would you do that too? Go to gracefm.com and connect through. It'll connect you to Calvary Aurora Giving, so we could use your support. We'll definitely invest in the kingdom. i got to pay the bills. So we'll be
5: right back. Welcome
0: back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897.
2: Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to the second half of today's program. You're tuned in live to Calvary Live, originating from Aurora, Colorado. A ministry outreach here of Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. Aurora is a suburb of Denver and our church is, for you guys in the metro area, our church is in southeast Aurora on Hampton and Tower. We're right next to the Safeway there. If You can find the Safeway or the movie tavern, which is across the street, you are there. We're actually the last like commercial property on Hampton uh going east. That's it. There's nothing left except the uh the dead end uh there on to Gun club so uh we're closer to Tower though right off of tower, and we meet Saturday night six o'clock sunday morning eight forty five and ten forty five and Wednesday nights at seven. We're studying through the book of Hebrews, verse by verse on the weekend services, and Second Kings, we actually started in Samuel, 1 Samuel, Second Samuel, 1 Kings, Second Kings, then we'll go to 1 Chronicles, Second Chronicles, and then I don't know what's next. Uh, I hope the coming of the Lord, the rapture is next, but um, we're, until then, we're going to be busy about the kingdom business. Now, I want to let you know about something too, you guys here in Denver. We have a, we have a See You at the Pole rally, a youth rally coming up the night before the event, Uh, and I just finished, uh, we just finished, I didn't do much work on it, I just uh, listened to it, Uh, but we uh, finished a See You at the Pole spot, so I don't know if it's airing yet, uh, on the radio station, but inviting you, so let me pull up the information here, inviting you and your youth group, uh, to this free See You at the Pole rally, it is Tuesday night, September 25th, from 6.30 to 8.30, they're going to be, Uh, youth testimonies, special music, uh, focused prayer, uh, some special giveaways, and an encouragement for student-led prayer at the the flagpole the following day. So this is a rally at our church uh, on September 25th. If you want more information, you want information, call the church, 303-628-7200, ask for Keegan, or you can ask for Kevin Burke, both of them are overseeing this, and and you can connect with them. But I want to let you know, See You at the Pole is Wednesday the 26th, but we have a special youth rally. See You at the Pole youth rally at Calvary Aurora on Tuesday night, September 25th. Special music, student testimonies, exhortations, special giveaways. It's going to be a fun night for the kids. We're expecting a great turnout, and we want to see middle schoolers, high schoolers, and college-age kids come out. For this global week of student prayer, see you at the poll, youth rally. Call the church. Talk to Keegan. He'll hook you up and tell you what you need to know uh, on being a part of that. And so you should be here in the spot uh, inviting you all throughout the next week or so. All right. We're going to move back to line number one. Is Christina calling from Thornton, Colorado. Christina, welcome to the program.
5: Hi. How are you?
2: I'm good. How are you?
5: Good. Good. My question is a situation that I've been going through. Um, I want to make my well-being a priority. And for me, that has recently been me loving a family member from a distance, uh, removing myself from the situation. And I don't feel like I hold a grudge. I've forgiven. And I've moved beyond the anger and pain. And um, I've just reached a point in my life where, I don't want to waste more time with what hurts me and displeases me. And okay. I do understand that not all toxic people are cruel or uncaring. And a lot of them love us dearly. Um, but they're toxic to our being because their needs and way of existing in the world forces us to compromise our happiness. Um and the person that I that I cut off and recently had a falling out with, um, for the first time in 25 years of us being family, um, humbled themselves and asked for my forgiveness, and um, it was a very sincere apology. Um, but I just feel numb. I don't. I don't want to. Have a relationship with that person. Um, I don't. I don't feel like I, I'm holding anything. I, I'm just kind of like over it, and it's been uh, a battle for me over the okay. years. Um, being family with them, and I want to know if I'm wrong for that. Am I wrong for not giving? You know, the Bible says forgive and love. I forgot how it's quoted, but 70 70 times 7, Yeah. Um, and I do love that person, and I do pray, and I wish, wow, but I just don't, there's nothing in me that wants to reconciliate and work on that relationship and have it to where it once was. Um, In fact, the only part that that wants me to do that is because I grew close to their kid, and I haven't... I I haven't seen them in months and it's it's been hurting me. Okay, and so let's my talk mom about this. Let's, me. let's
2: talk about this. Let's talk about it together, okay? Okay. Because I think I hear, hear enough of your story that that I can help you. First of all, a radio program isn't going to really help you walk through some of the pain and the hurt that you're going through and I want to encourage you to find a godly woman, older woman uh, in your church family. Maybe you can call the uh, you know, the church office and get connected with a godly woman that can help you walk through the healing part of the pain that you've experienced because I think you're still hurting deeply from this situation. And you've taken a big step. You've taken the step of forgiveness. You've taken the step of daily forgiving. You've taken the step of daily not holding a grudge. And every time you feel it, you've taken the steps to... Dismiss it and not nurse it, and and you're in a good place. Um, but sometimes people people mistake forgiveness with instant healing, and it's not instant healing. Um, healing doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes it does, but sometimes it's like the like when Jesus healed the the blind man. It was in progression, uh, and and so um, when you when you are are you, you're walking through this, just know it's it, it can take some time to have the feelings to want to reconcile it can take some time to want to become part of their life again and even though you do reconcile, the relationship may be nothing like it was before and and so we don't know what kind of relationship you're gonna have after this, um but you're gonna have one uh you already have one, and some of the big barriers have been taken out of the way and and that's a good thing. But I really do think you need to sit down with a godly woman and really walk through the pain and the hurt and let a, a woman disciple you in what this looks like in the future. Because part of it is you don't feel like it, but I don't I don't know where the line is drawn in your own heart, but sometimes it's also just sin. When we don't want to recon, reconcile and we don't want to obey God, then it's just sin. And sometimes we also kind of associate, well, Reconciliation means I have to live exactly like I did before. And that's not true. And so you just got to sort these things out, like line by line, so that you can have the right biblical definitions for things and that you can have your heart examined before the Holy Spirit so that you're not in sin with your hesitancies and your hurt and your pain. Because it's possible to be hurting and painful, you know, going through the consequences of someone's sin. Uh, and yeah, they apologize and they humbled themselves. Um, but, but it's kind of like, um, uh, somebody hitting you in the head with a hammer and they say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Oh, I'm so sorry. And they cry and they really mean it, but you still have a hole in your head and it needs time to heal and it needs time to, to, you, you've got to be stabilized and you've got to be in a place where God wants to continue to strengthen you to be the kind of friend or the kind of relationship that he desires. But I do know it's God's heart for reconciliation. That's the Bible. Couldn't be the Bible couldn't be clearer on that.
5: Okay, that's that's more where I where I was getting at. Um, is if I am in the wrong, I want to know if I am in the wrong. Yeah. By by well, choosing not to, uh, reconcile,
2: The the answer to that because question is maybe you are really and maybe you're what
4: not.
2: The Bible says. Yeah. The question, the answer to your question is maybe you are, and maybe you're not. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Email me uh, at Pastor Ed at calvaryaurora.org dot org, and I will send you a little packet that we use here at the church called Forgiveness and Reconciliation, and it's a simple little PDF file that'll help you open the Bible and learn what the Bible has to say about the things that are on your heart. Okay.
5: Okay, Pastor Ed at Calvary. Uh huh. What was the rest? Sorry, Aurora, A-U-R. Okay.
2: It's A-U-R-O-R-A dot org. Yep.
5: Okay, thank you. Um, thank you for your time. And uh, You're
2: welcome.
5: I, I think I know where to go now in this direction with how to handle the situation.
2: Right on. Well, God bless you. Okay, thank you. Bye. All right, bye-bye. And anybody listening, you can email me and I'll send you that packet. Um, It's just a simple PDF. It'll be a link where you can download it and I'll send it to you. And um, this isn't um, as easy uh, as some people make it out to be, uh, forgiveness and reconciliation. But in the power of the Holy Spirit and his agape love, uh, it's possible. And that's the good news that we don't have to work it up and we don't have to you know, bite our tongues or we don't. God lives in us, and it's his heart for us to be reconciled and to forgive and you just you, you know at the same time though um, there's things get complicated and and uh, in the complications you know the enemy loves to to fish in troubled waters and uh, you know passive aggressiveness and people not wanting to talk to you and sending messages to you and all you know it, it gets complicated and so you just got to wait. Allow the Holy Spirit to comfort you and encourage you, empower you. Choose to obey. Choose to love. It's not an emotion; it's a choice. And as um, uh, I wish he was my friend, I never did. I never had the privilege of meeting him. Maybe one day it got to open a door for me to meet Pastor John Corson. Um, never had the privilege of meeting him. He's on Grace FM, and I've learned a lot from Pastor John. He's I've uh, been around one of the original Calvary pastors, Calvary Chapel pastors, he's in Oregon in um oh my goodness what's the name of his church um, um uh, I want to say Lighthouse but it's not um uh, Applegate Applegate Christian Fellowship in Oregon. Um he he taught me this. And and that is this. Um it's it's hard for us to change our hearts. And the more time that we spend changing our heart or attempting to change our hearts, the more frustrated we get. But we can change our minds. And I'm paraphrasing. This isn't his exact words. But we can change our minds. And here's what what, what he, I've seen this to be true. When we change our minds, God begins to change our hearts. Of course, he can bypass our minds. He does by his spirit. But, you know, sometimes we resist the Holy Spirit. We grieve the Holy Spirit because we don't change our minds. We dwell on the wrong things. And we live lives of disobedience, uh, and so uh, you know the good news is is that you can change your mind. So change it, and let the Holy Spirit show His faithfulness in your life. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's move on to Renee. Is in Denver, Colorado. Renee, welcome to the program.
1: Hello, and thank you for taking time for my call. Um, I wanted to talk about. I have a my daughter is 18 years old, and um, she has having a hard time as far as wanting to go to church with me. Okay. And she always says, she, I'm making her I'm forcing her, and I'm not. I'm asking her, and I'm inviting her. But it just seems it's always an inconvenience to her. And I just, I, want, I don't know how to open, I don't know how for her to open up to me. To know to have an open mind and to be welcome, to know that she can go to church with me, and I just want her to open her heart and her mind i and I just don't know how to go about with her. she's just I have two older daughters and and you know they're all different, you know they're all
2: different yes. have you so, have you considered family counseling?
1: Yes, um we did do that, and we did have a um, Christian counselor. Good. And she wants to go back to counseling, but she doesn't want to go back to the Christian counselor.
2: Okay. So so there's a few thoughts. I don't have the direct answer for you, but a few thoughts. Sure. Because I, I do think sitting down at this critical age at 18 and, you know, that, that sense of I want to be my own person, I want to be an adult, mm-hmm. but, you know, I don't know her. So if you're listening right now, I'm not talking about you specifically because I don't know you. Right. But, um, right. I, I just, and just in case years, he I just, I'm talking in general of, of the people <laughs> yep. that I've minister you know, served and ministered to and my own kids. So I've raised three kids into adulthood. My oldest son would be um, 32 this year uh, if he was still with us. And then my son is 26, and I have a 20 year old daughter. So I've watched my kids go through these phases. And, then, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, there's this sense of adulthood. I want to live as an adult. I want to, uh, make my own decisions, uh, but i don 't want any of the responsibilities and right. and and so that 's where the tension comes in because that just isn 't reality that 's not real life and as parents we 're trying to teach our kids real life, and you just you can 't do your own thing and while someone else is paying the bill and you know if you want to do your own thing, pay your own bills and that 's a crude way of thinking about it and uh, but it 's the truth you know that um, and so in our house and i 've never had to implement this. Um, not in a huge way, maybe on occasion, uh, but not really. I can't really think of a time where I've had to do this, but I let my kids know early on. Um, in, in a general sense, again, I'm saying it, I'm saying it crudely, but w- we talk to our kids like you talk to your daughters and explain it to them. And so it's basically this, my house, my rules. And, and we don't have a lot of them, but one of them is is that we worship together. You're in my house. Mm-hmm. You're going to respect my home. And even if I wasn't a pastor, because we had this before I became a pastor, like this church, you know, and as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. And so if you want to call it making you go to church, if you want to call it, I'm mean, if you, you can call it whatever you want, but I'm just telling you, and I've told you since you were a baby or since I got saved, since I was a baby Christian, we go to church here and that's just the way it is. And you, you, if you want any of the access to the freedoms and privileges of this house, then Worshipping together as a family is a priority. It's actually not an option, uh, and so again, that leads you to a place where, well, what do I do if she doesn't want to go? That's challenging. That's why I said family counseling and try to heal some of the relationship and establish the right boundaries. But but it, it's it, it's like not an option. So uh, I think in the the call screener Trent had written read, uh, wrote uh, doesn't want to go to church. I don't want to force her. Um, is kind of what he wrote from your conversation with him. And I'm yes. like, well, I'll, I don't have any problem. If if my house is on fire, I'd force my kids to get out. Uh, if there was a <laughs> rabid dog in the room, I'd force my... So there's a lot of things that we would force our kids to do, and church happens to be on that list for me. Because, and I'll tell you why. Because I, I get it. I get this. Well, but Ed, if you force them, then they'll just be mad at you the rest of their life. I, I don't... I hope not. But I'd rather have them mad at me because we worship God together than... Be mad at me because I never put them in the environment. So being in church, being among believers, puts them in the environment of the Holy Spirit. Like they're they're on they're exactly. on uh, visitor ter- you know they're visitors they're on God's home turf you know, <clears throat> and there is something to be said. I don't I mean I've seen kids in our church sleep lay out on the on the chairs. I've seen them mad at me. You should see some of the looks <laughs> I get where I could tell kids are there. You know, 17, 18 year old kids are there that they don't want to be there. And mm-hmm. and my heart goes out to them, but it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to teach in the Bible, and the Holy Spirit's going to speak to them, and I'm going to love them. And I know they don't like it, but there's a lot of things in life I don't like, and I want them to love me too. So that's a thought. Here's another thought. Uh, bring the church to her uh, because you are the church. And so uh, while you while there's an issue of gathering together with a bunch of people in a building somewhere, The Bible says, Jesus says, where two or three are gathered, I'm there in the midst of them. And so there is something to be said about you bringing the church to her, about you uh, coming home with the message that you learned at church and the notes that you might have taken or integrating that. You know, when I'm sharing the gospel with someone, I don't immediately pull out a Bible. Um, I instead share the truths of God's word in ordinary conversation because I want to build a relationship with them. And if I need to use the Bible, I'll pull it out. but. I have the Bible memorized in many ways. Uh, I have scriptures, I should say. And so, you know, I, when I was working in the world, in the corporate world, I would talk about the Bible all the time. I just wouldn't quote the verse. And and so learning that conversation in the home of what's the real root? You know, the issue is not her not going to church. That's not the issue. I promise you.
1: Um, yes. I And I do believe that. And every time we do go to church, she loves to go when our sisters go. You know, yes. they're they're older, you know, they're grown, married, children and but when it comes to her and I it's she fights it.
2: Yeah. You know, she fights there's... it.
1: And I want her to be touched by the Holy Spirit. I, I'm in that every time she does go that she will be touched by the Holy Spirit. And I just know I really have to get her there. I just have to I've given her all the tools I've bought her. I mean, you know, our our spiritual sure. tools. I mean I you know, I bought her a Bible, you know, beautiful Bible. I mean, a uh, books. And there's things that have happened in our lives where I've told her you have a question. everything in the Bible is right there for you that's going to answer everything anxiety, depression, you know, loneliness. I mean, you name it, it's in it's yes. there so i'm i'm not I don't know everything. you know, I'm learning as well. and yes, i I know. I know how to calm myself down. As far as opening that Bible and reading, and having my ways, my quiet time, my time. As far as reading the Bible, and you know, not also going to church and and being in groups. And I just because I I just I if you could pray for us that you know that I that she does that she does the welcome to come, and that one of these days that the Holy Spirit will touch her and won't be in a fight anymore because I know who's fighting us you know, and, yeah, a, you know, fear, one age. thing is a liar, and, you know, yeah. that, you know, it's, we're fighting against, you know, Satan, as far as him wanting to divide families, and I'm not going to let that happen, and I just, I need prayer, you know, right. if you pray for us for that, I appreciate it.
2: Father, we do lift up this family, and uh, just the, the the warfare, you know, the resistance, the lack of a desire to worship, and just the resistance toward Mom, I know, um there is the spiritual part of it but there's also the personal part and the hurt and and even the fear you know what's going on in her mind and and who's influencing her and 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 what is it that what is it that you want to do in this young girl's heart god and even talking with another pastor friend today uh, the, the 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 challenges at this age group have, are worse and worse and i just pray and ask god for your comfort upon Many parents listening right now that might be feeling like they're a failure or might be feeling like they didn't do enough job, good enough job or maybe they did make mistakes and it's like uh, they're just condemning themselves, but that, God, you, you have um, a plan and a purpose for all of our kids. Even if we fail because none of us are perfect parents and even through our mistakes, you know, even if we are faithless, you remain faithful. You're able to supersede all of our human failures by your all-sufficient grace. And you've given us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of you, Jesus. And and so I just pray for Renee and everyone in a similar situation. Even thinking of my brother last night of all the battles that we had praying for his daughter and then to see his daughter with him last night. I was just so encouraged. Um, uh, She's battle-worn, but she's back and uh, making her way back into a deep, abiding relationship with her father in heaven and also with her mommy and daddy. And so I just pray, God, that we would see more and hear more of those testimonies of the prodigals coming home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Thank you so much for your time, and you have a blessed rest of your day.
2: Okay, thanks, Renee. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
2: Okay, we got just a couple minutes, and I'm going to take the call from Colorado Springs. Brittany uh, is been waiting, and Brittany, hi. we only have a couple minutes, but I can help you in a couple minutes.
4: Okay, hi. Um, I just hi. wanted to talk about like I've been I've been the prodigal daughter, actually. Like you just said hi. on that prayer that they're going to come back, and I'm one of them. <laughs> but um, I was um, trying. To, I was asking you, just how do I, how do I surrender myself to you, and. and and he gave me Matthew sixteen twenty four twenty six. Yes. It says deny yes. myself, pick up my cross, and follow him. And that's what the disciples did. And I just want to encourage you guys. You know, if you're in, if you're heart having a hard time with your walk with God, to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow Jesus. Just like you know the disciples. You know, Jesus, uh, Jesus did that miracle, and then the disciples were like, "What?" <laughs> I'm like, "Who's this?" Oh, he's the Lord. <laughs> and they followed him, <laughs> and he said, "Follow me, and I'll, I'll make you fishers of men." And they followed him. Yes. And, um, I want to be that. I want to, I need prayer. I just want to be, I'm going to do his will. And it's so hard because it's like, I think I have to pray, uh, to, to go eat or where to go, where to, you know, like, I think I have to pray on everything. Like, this just pray without ceasing. So I'm just yes. like, I'm, I get discouraged because I'm like, I don't know what to do, God. Can I go, go outside and take my dog out? I'm, I don't know if that's legal. I don't know. But, um, That's what I'm at right now, and it's hard. Well,
2: let's think about it. You know, we we, as long as it's it's sort of like you know, you is it is it okay to talk to your mom so much? Of course, it's okay. Talk to her as much as you want. Uh, And and I think that the same thing. Is it okay to talk to your dad in heaven uh, as much as you want? For sure. And if you just want to develop a habit of Lord, do you want me to go here? Do you want me to go there? It's a good habit to develop as you're living and walking in the spirit. So let me suggest something to you that may help bring clarity on some of the decisions you're making. Okay. Implement not just a time of prayer, but time of regular fasting. Have you ever spiritually yeah, fasted yes, before? I do.
4: That. Every, every week I try. I don't, I don't want to do that to be like the Pharisees or anything, no. But I, I felt sure. like God wanted me to do a fast good. every week, like two days, okay. three week days, or whatever, because it's really important to...
2: Okay, good. Oh, so God really speaks during Nide those times. Flesh. That's why. So let me pray for you because the show's almost over, OK. Okay,
4: Okay. thank you. Uh,
2: Father, I pray for my sister. We welcome her back and are grateful uh, that she has returned and, and can encourage, be on the phone at just the right time and just the perfect timing to encourage a mom who, you know, is praying for her daughter and, and praying for her daughter to develop a um, uh, spiritual life with, mm-hmm. with Jesus personally. And I pray for my sister, Brittany, as she's just wanting to know. From you, God, what, what is the right amount and what should be, she be doing and how should she be doing it and what areas of her life are you going to reveal to her about denying and setting aside for the sake of the kingdom? Lord, and I do pray against any kind of legalistic trip she might put on herself or just habits that might be developed, uh, even good deeds becoming very, um, you know, becoming a work. Like, we have to do it in order to feel good, but rather, God, that our our relationship with you is sufficient, and that mm. we can be free, and we can be free to enjoy you and serve you. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, your word says, mm-hmm. um, that, that is for freedom, that the Spirit's made us free. And, and so I pray, God, freedom into my sister's life, and an empowerment to live a life mm. that pleases you, and that she might yeah. enjoy your true rest by faith in you, Jesus. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: Thank
2: you, brother. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. Thanks. Amen. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for um, joining us this afternoon. The show is like right on the edge. Don't forget, we've got to See You at the Poll Rally uh, coming up. Call the church. Talk to Keegan or Kevin Burke. They oversee our youth ministries. And they're putting this all together. It's going to be a Tuesday night because the See You at the poll event is Wednesday morning before school. It's student-led. And uh, if one kid shows up or 1,000 kids show up, we want to encourage your kids and disciple your kids. Uh, And so See You at the poll is a national movement involving junior high, high schools, and um, college-age kids. So let's do it. Come to the rally. Bring your youth groups. And let's be encouraged with one another. A lot of work has been put into this event so we could bless you. It's free, free, free. We just want to serve you and love you. Come to church this weekend. See us Saturday night, 6 p.m., Sunday, 845 or 1045. Back in the book of Hebrews. May the Lord bless you and encourage you. Have a great evening.